You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. War Eagle Auburn fans, welcome to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion. Tonight we'll be breaking down the second consecutive loss uh, in a row uh, for the Tigers this season. The second overall and the second consecutive one in as many games. Uh, the Auburn Tigers fall to the Florida Gators by the score of 47-69 to in one of the worst offensive performances we've seen in quite some time. Their record now stands at 15-2 and on the year, and the SEC record is at 3-2. and We're going to break down all the action and the storylines from this game, and to do that, I brought in my friend and co-host, Mr. Drew Hooper. Uh, Drew, I thought things would get better, but we just went further downhill in this game. I don't really know if we went further downhill. Okay. Uh, I think it was a cleaner game on the defensive end than it was against uh, Alabama. But ultimately, Auburn couldn't find the basket to save their life. Okay. Well, I I think that's a great place to start. And you've already kind of answered the question. And one of my big questions I had out of this, which was worse, the Alabama loss or the Florida loss? Because I think you could make a case either way and I'll give you my thoughts but could you expand a little bit more on what you think on that question I think the Alabama loss was worse on paper like they just played awfully did everything wrong didn't come with the correct intensity or anything like this this one was demoralizing though so I'm I think the Alabama loss is was the worst loss but I don't know if this loss is going to affect us more than the Alabama loss because zero field goals in the last eight minutes and 40 seconds Mm. like that is a long stretch without a basket and you know this Auburn team just you know they they started to come back a little bit in that first half really started to fight back into it but still you could just tell something was off and then it just got away from them uh, really quickly and the basket was was just not open for them that day (laughs) Literally, at times, it was not. And I I was actually making peace with this game today until you told me that they hadn't scored a basket in the last eight-something minutes of the game. That that there breaks my heart. That's just sad. Uh, that, to me, as awful as their luck was or their shooting selection was the entire game, um, you should at least get a, back at, a, a basket, even a free throw, in the last eight minutes, that right there has just now plummeted my energy to talk about this game even further. So thank you for that, Drew. Uh, but I, I guess let's open up with this discussion in kind of general terms. We see on social media a lot. We already addressed it once. We lose a game. Everybody hits the panic button on social media. And you can only pay attention to social media so much, but it kind of gives you an insight into where our fan base is at. Any cause for hitting the panic button right now, Drew, that you can find? Uh. Yes and no. Uh, I don't think you should hit the panic button 
but I can very realistically, just from the shooting aspect that this team um, possesses, I, I can see why people would have a right to panic a little bit more. Uh, this team, yeah, they were scoring more than last year's team and doing it from inside the three-point line, believe it or not, but this team has consistently showed over the past couple of games that they have long stretches where they can disappear, and that's not going to bode well. So I, I think a lot of it comes with this team needs to have better shot selection, get into their sets more. That was my biggest hangout with the game yesterday is it didn't seem like they were getting into their sets quick enough, which is something I've harped on already on Inside the Jungle in previous episodes of as the point guard, Javon McCormick, you have to get your team into the set quicker. You have a better, higher percentage of getting to, getting a good shot, getting a good open shot. And yesterday, a lot of the times Auburn wasn't starting their sets until the 15-second mark of the shot clock. And by that time, you've already burned half of your time and have, have no way to get a second opportunity if the first look doesn't look great. One thing that I'm noticing here, and after you discussed a little bit here, is we used to talk a lot about Auburn controlling the tempo of the game. It does seem like they've lost that aspect of of their game. And, and I think some of it comes through with your personnel. I mean, obviously, we had Jared Harper and Bryce Brown and Chumo Kiki, who could run the floor better than anybody else. And I think Javon McCormick, Samir Dowdy, and even uh, Okoro could do something similar but for whatever reason, they're not running tempo to the way they want it, whether that's a fast or a slow one. And kind of to your point, they're not getting into the set fast enough or at the correct amount of time to get something properly set up. And then they end up hitting the panic button for themselves and then throwing up a shot. I mean, how how many air balls were in there in this game, Drew? Did you lose count? There was quite a few. And I mean, your, your thing about the tempo really hits hard because uh, I think we've seen a lot of players, for whatever reason, uh, starting with that Alabama game, I know it's only been two games, but this t- like the the way they attack just looks vastly different than the whole rest of the other fifteen games we've played this season. No one's aggressively getting to the basket. No one's doing what they need to do, and we're settling for either long twos, fadeaway jumpers, late in the shot clock threes that are contested, and it's leading to just whiffing on a lot of them, putting them. Uh, nowhere near the basket and yesterday was a big testament to that yeah it was at times it just there's a lot of disheartening things to look at what's happened in this two game skid and I think with with the way we've played is warranting us falling in the rankings obviously if not just taking two losses but especially the way we've played in those two losses it's one thing for you to go especially two away games and take a loss if you had played well and it's just hey they had the home court advantage and they had a heck of a game but we were right there with them you think maybe Auburn gets a little bit of respect when it comes to the rankings we're recording this before they come out obviously Uh, but if you had to predict Drew where Auburn falls to after sitting at number four in the nation in the AP poll where do you think the committee uh, thinks that they should sit after this I think you're looking at Auburn's probably gonna be 15-16 yeah. Uh, there was a lot of teams in the top 10 that took losses this week and played some tough games. So we need to take some solace in the fact that right now, there's not a great team in college basketball. Right. There are a bunch of really good teams, and Auburn is one of them. Like I don't want people to, to take this wrong at all. Auburn is considered one of the good teams, and should be, rightfully so. But what we're looking at is Auburn took two losses and Florida, yes, can, can be considered a good loss. Alabama, not a good loss. And I'm thinking, you know, 15-16 seems reasonable, uh, especially whenever you take into account uh, 
teams like Kentucky, Michigan State, uh, even North Carolina when they were in the rankings. Duke lost twice this week. Like all those teams have taken slides and they've tumbled a little bit, but they haven't tumbled out of the top 25. If Auburn were to drop four to in the 20s, that would be just the ultimate disrespect. And I, I think 15, 16 range should probably be where they fall. Yeah, I think they are warranted of dropping very far to the 15 or 16 range. You know, I, I think there's some very optimistic Auburn fans, even more so than myself, that would hope they'd still be in the top 10. But when it's not so much the Florida loss. I mean, because obviously we both think that that can be considered, if this sounds sad to say it, but a good loss because it's Florida. They're a pretty re- well-respected program. They have a decent team, and you went to their place. So that shouldn't hurt you in that aspect, but that Alabama one, and that one... Oh, that's it's hard to sit on for so many reasons because it's Alabama and because they ended our uh, undefeated season first because uh, we knew it was going to happen at some point. That one there obviously hurts for personal reasons and just morale reasons, but it obviously will not bode well for the Tigers when things come around. And I really think they needed uh, obviously one of these wins on the road for their resume, but I think the Florida one would have looked really nice for us to kind of point to and say, hey, look at what we have from our non-conference schedule. We went to Gainesville and took down Florida Gators, which is going to be probably a top four program in the SEC by the end of everything here. Um, so where does Auburn after this get that resume win for from the SEC play? Where would you think that comes from? I mean, you're looking at your next couple with Kentucky um, hosting at Auburn Arena on February 1st. And then after that at Arkansas. And right now with the way LSU's playing, LSU could be that as well. I, th- I think Auburn's built a decent resume so far. They rank 30 in strength of schedule. They're still top 20 in Ken Palm. And in the net rankings, I believe they were f- like five or six. So they're still in a very good spot. Like the all the numbers and metrics that they use right now says Auburn is where they need to be. The thing is you can't take you can't sit and keep taking L's. Like if we God forbid, drop a game to South Carolina and then lose to a Missouri or a Tennessee or something like that. Things can get a little hairy, not to the point where I believe they missed the SEC tournament, but it's going to be it's definitely going to be a hit on your on your ranking nationally. Right? Yeah. I mean, I think that they still have some wiggle room uh, here to take even some a couple more good losses here, but you don't want to see a, a a loss one at a time is one thing, but taking little slides all at once together in two game, three game um, stretches is not something you want to see happen. So hopefully that's going to end here. Um, But a little bit more specifically about this Florida game here. I did a little research. And again, I I do want to stress to you, Drew, and to everybody listening that I kind of breezed through the last couple seasons because I was getting so frustrated. It was taking me this long to find a worse offensive output in terms of scoring for Auburn. But I went all the way back, unless I missed something, To 2016, at Tennessee, Auburn only scored 45 points, and that is two less than they scored here of 47. So it shows you where Bruce Pearl has come from in terms of getting this Auburn team to score more points, and in a short order, we almost get back down to that low point there. Does that demoralize you at all to hear that's how long it's been since we scored that uh, little amount of points? That doesn't as much as... Let me give you this stat. Uh, in Auburn's games and their losses and tight victories, say South Alabama, Furman, Vanderbilt, teams of that nature, and even some of the other wins, uh, but mostly the, our close 
encounters and our losses. Can you tell me the minute mark in the game where Auburn has scored their fourth point? Mm. Minute mark where they scored their fourth point. Five minutes. Uh, you're close. It has taken Auburn about four and a half minutes to get to four points oh. in their in their games where they've taken losses or they've come out to uh, very close games. Your Vanderbilt, your Furmans, your South Alabama's teams like that. That's scary to think about. You cannot come out with such little offensive output. You can't come out flat. And that's the biggest worry for me out of this Auburn team is I can't figure out why they're coming out flat. Bruce is a great motivator. There's talent in this team. We've seen them play to their potential. And the only thing it boils down to, it's an attitude mentality situation. Right. Uh, That's the only reason for coming out as flat as you can. And I think we've seen the effects of that the past two games. Bruce harped on it before the Alabama game of like coming out, hitting them first, because Auburn can only take so many hits. Price fighters can only take so many hits. And so far, Auburn's been playing with a little fire and taking the hit. And the fire's burned us the past two games because they've not come out ready to play, ready to be locked into the game. And you can't go to the 16-minute mark without scoring. That's right. just not not an option, right? And, and I think the thing that is it's it's frustrating, but also encouraging at the same time is I feel like this is a fixable problem for Auburn. Uh, it's a, it's an attitude adjustment, as you said. Um, they came in cocky to Alabama and got their butts handed to them. Florida, I think, because it was such a shock to them, it kind of hurt their egos. So now we get back need to get to the point where we're confident in our abilities, but we're not so overconfident. That uh, we're gonna when we take a, a hit to the mouth, that we're not gonna just roll over and die like we did before. Um, but that stat you brought up about it taking four minutes for four and a half minutes for Auburn to score their fourth point is it, pretty scary, and it, and it harkens back to the days of when Clint and I were doing this show, and it was you know in the beginning stages of the Clint Rich, of the Clint Richardson era, but the uh, Bruce Pearl era, and we were trying to make some type of mathematical equation of what it takes for Bruce to get a win out of the two programs he started with in his first two seasons. And it, we, we figured it out at times. And, and I, I would say you've kind of figured it out at this point. If Auburn scores four points, at least before the four and a half minute mark, they're pretty successful there. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Um, and it's quite interesting, but do you think that this is the last time that Auburn will score in the forties for offensive output? I, I sure hope so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because, I mean, what were we sitting on at half? Like 29 points or something like that? Like pretty close to that range. And Which is not, only... dis- it's not, it's not awful. No, I mean, especially for, like Florida is a decent team. Like they're not a bad team. And Auburn just wasn't there. And I think the biggest thing, and a couple of people made this point out of the national media, Auburn needs to understand now that they've been to a Final Four and out, they're kind of, up as the cream of the crop in the SEC. They're the darling of them right now, especially with that number four ranking that's been hanging out next to their name. They are everyone's best shot. They are everyone's blackout. They're everyone's wideout. They're everyone's big game, no matter what now. And I don't think they've caught that mentality yet, that now that we're in SEC play, they are everyone's home run shot. They are everyone's resume builder to take them down. Right. And, I mean, Florida was a blackout. Florida came out. That place was popping, and they did not respond to to it as if it was the magnitude of the game it is. 
Yeah. I think it's something, obviously, in an attitude adjustment that we've already discussed, but it's also uh, getting used to a new culture at Auburn. Uh, you And Bruce has brought it up at the beginning of the season. You're now the hunted. You are no longer uh, the hunter. So you've got to find a way to cope with blackouts, with every time you go to an opposing um, stadium, you are going to get their best game more than likely, whether that's a Texas A&M team that was supposedly going to be the worst in the SEC, whether that's an Alabama where you can't figure out, or whether it's Florida, one of the better test, uh, teams in the SEC. You're going to get their best. They're going to be excited to beat you. So you've got to be ready for that. And if if you get punched in the mouth, don't roll over and don't panic. And so that, that would be my advice, and I'm sure that's what Bruce Pearl is giving to them over there. Uh, and hopefully we'll ever see 40 points again or 49 or less points in a game ever again. You mentioned that it just felt like Auburn couldn't buy a basket at times. And I will admit, I don't want to make excuses for the team. And I think we've done a good job here of establishing that, that this is all in Auburn uh, in terms of their offensive output and production and decisions and all that kind of stuff. But I got to be honest, Drew, at times last night, I was asking the question, what did we do wrong to deserve whatever is happening? Because the ball would just not go into the basket. It would roll in and out, spin in and out. And then you would see on the other end of the court, they would basically accidentally tip it up in the air and it would fall into the basket. I mean, did you ever get the feeling like it just was meant for Auburn to not have a good offensive game last night? Yes, but not because the basket wasn't going down. It was just how Auburn was getting into their offense. That's always going to be what I go back to is they weren't getting into it quick enough. They weren't providing themselves with a good shot. And I think our first four to five shots, were rushed either three-pointers or just crowded lane shots. And I'm going to use a great Southern term, bless Austin Wiley's heart. (laughs) Couldn't catch anything to save his life. Like, could not catch this flu that is ravaging everyone right now yesterday. (laughs) Like, he is – it was just – it was Austin's worst game of the season, far and wide. He just – he was not getting it done down low. And that was a game where you needed to see your potential – SEC first team, second team, All-American against the potential SEC player of the year in Blackshear, and Austin didn't come and get it done. It was it was a rough game overall because over the past two games, another stat for you, Auburn is shooting 40% on layups and dunks. Mm. Like that, that, that's not a stat that you win games with. Right. Uh, to, to give a little background of that, most of the teams are shooting – 75 to 80% on layups and dunks. That is a big discrepancy for this Auburn team. Uh, you just fight, keep continuing to find ways to discourage me as we continue to talk tonight. Thank you for that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know how to make peace with that because you've got to make those high percentage shots. You've got to make your free throws, which they, for the most part, did uh, to their credit in this game, 71% for them from the free throw line. Uh, but you dunks, layups, those cannot be missed. Push, putbacks, you know, I can understand when you're, after there's been a missed shot and you're going back into just trying to punch it back in, those are hard ones to make in traffic. But uh, first of all, you've got to make those on layups, and there's not a situation there for it to be a tip back in. So extremely discouraging stats to hear, and you're kind of the things taking shape of why Auburn is struggling so much. And, and I only bring up the bad luck scenario to bring up this point, and this is kind of the way I make peace with that because I don't want to be a superstitious guy in terms of, oh, we just have bad luck all the time. Auburn puts themselves in a situation for them to have bad luck when they're playing poorly. And that's also a good thing because it's fixable. Start playing smarter, taking smarter shots, getting into your sets quicker, 
And then suddenly you have less opportunities for bad things to happen. You have less opportunities for balls to roll in and out of the rim. And then people aren't thinking, oh, well, we just can't buy a basket tonight. So a lot of these things are fixable. And I think one of the things that you brought up that could help Austin Wiley, so we're not leaning on him so much, especially if if he's getting double teamed and can't get open, or he's just having a poor game like he did the other night, the guard play's got to step up. And and I and I don't want to sit here and just dog Samir Doughty and Javon McCormick, but they're seniors. Something's got to change. That one of them has to do something every single night, if not both of them. Dating back to the Vanderbilt game, they have both not together scored in the double digits since the Vanderbilt game, and that's not a, that's not another good stat that's not encouraging there. So, what do you? Uh, is there anything else besides getting into the set quitter a sets quitter? I can't even talk tonight because I'm so frustrated with these into the sets quicker. What do you think the guards have to do differently to be more successful? Uh, Samir needs to do what he was doing whenever he was getting his high scoring output. He was getting into the lane and Javon was getting into the lane and they were, they were getting to the basket, utilizing the shot fake, utilizing their speed and racking up fouls, but also just getting good layups. Uh, Austin was sealing that edge very well. But we've decided once again, we're playing like we did the first like four to five games of the season where our only offense is let's just dump it down to Austin. Right. And we were a little bit frustrated with that at first. It was working. And then in SEC or since those four or five games that we played, the, the next 10 were really good balance of Austin was getting his points, but Javon and Anthony and Okoro and Samir were, were doing very well getting around the corner, getting into the lane, just m- making it a multi-headed attack. And we've gone back to, we're only going to get this to Wiley. Okoro has disappeared. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what's going on with him. He's not playing at the aggressive level that he has been playing as of late. And I think that is a big part why this team is struggling because Okoro was opening up just good lanes. And like he did gr- I thought uh, not great, but he did well in the first half attacking the basket, drawing fouls, ended up shooting four free throws, got his one basket to drop. But after that, he really was settling for jumpers. And I know he wants to improve that part of his game to be an NBA prospect at a high level. But right now, you got to do what's working and getting to the baskets what work, what's working. Yeah, I Better high percentage shots all the, all the way around. Taking high percentage shots, but also making them is really important for the Tigers. And I do, obviously, we, we've been talking a lot about the things that have frustrated us and we think we should do better. What's, can you find anything that Auburn did well in this game that they should look to, um, you know, obviously point out to encourage themselves or obviously to replicate to can hopefully have some more success? What's one thing good they did? I, I, I thought they did well taking care of the ball. Like, I mean, they cut down to eight turnovers, which is right under their average. You know, I, th- I thought that was a really good thing for Auburn. They took care of the ball, and I thought they played defense decently well. Like, I, I didn't think their defense was bad. They held Florida to 69 points. Auburn wins that game nine times out of ten. We just happened to be the one time out of the ten that Auburn decided their offense wasn't going to be present at the arena that day. And so I think what I saw concerning the Alabama game of defense looked bad, really wasn't turning the ball over and making good decisions with it, really wasn't clogging the lane up. I, I thought it was different here. Yeah, Florida scored in the lane, 
quite a bit, but that's that's what their game is. That's where they score from. Yeah. But to hold them to 69 points, I, I think we play that game, like I said, nine more times. Auburn should win that game if they come ready to play on the offensive end. Yeah, and that's the frustrating thing here is this. I felt like this was a Florida team that on our normal days probably – can't run with us for the most part they're talented and, and maybe every once in a while they'd get a win out of there but I truly felt like Auburn was the better team and was just having one of their worst games tonight so uh, we'll take hope in that hopefully hopefully that we don't have to see this type of performance again for the Tigers even if we do take another loss I just don't want to lose this way again you won't you, you want two more stats for you, one to depress you, one to kind of give you a little bit going forward? If if your one to get me going forward isn't better than this third one that you give me, I may not make it through the last part of this podcast, but go ahead. <laughs> okay, our, our our sad stat it comes from your guard point, that they need to get it going. Over the past two games, our guards have shot collectively 21%. Oh, gosh. They, like, like, you just can't do it. it it's head. impossible to win with both your starting senior guards shooting 21%. And not even to add to that, they're shooting only like 8% from three-point range. My, uh, that, I have a headache, Drew. Yeah, you, you can't you can't do it. But this is something I sent to our group. This is the one that gets you going a little bit. I sent this to our E2C chat, and I know you saw it. But just to give the reader some uh, a breath of fresh air the, to know that the sky isn't falling. Gary Parrish who is national writer for CBS, and he's actually based out of here in Memphis, so I love reading him. But Josh Vitell put out something from him. He said the last team uh, to start 15-0 and before losing back-to-back games um, to unranked teams before Auburn was Wisconsin. And that should encourage you for this reason. They opened the season 16-0 and and then lost three straight games and then five of six, which I know is not where we want to be. But that team goes on to make a run to the Final Four. I want people to understand that 15 and 0 wasn't a fluke. Right. Like you don't get there because you are a a lucky team. You get there because you're a well-coached, well-positioned, well-talented team. And so I I don't want people to look at this and go, "Wow. I don't know if Auburn's going to even make the tournament. I don't know what Auburn's going to do in the tournament. I'm not saying we're making the final four, but one we're making the tournament and two I would be highly shocked if this ship doesn't get right yeah. and fix itself." Uh there's just too many talented players and there's too too much talent on that coaching staff and there's too much history behind this this play style for it for it to just fall apart you like i said you don't get 15 and 0 by being lucky uh that's just not how the basketball game works well color me shocked drew uh <laughs> you you bring me down with three awful stats but you just find a way to bring me back up into that optimism that I love to live in. So I appreciate that. Uh, But yeah, I I do think it's a great point. Uh, The sky is not falling. Uh, This is a very, very rough patch for the Tigers. But as as I've tried to reiterate uh, time and time again, this is very, very fixable all by the Tigers too. Uh, But let's talk about the next game here. Hopefully going to have a better result. Uh, We'll be playing um, or hosting South Carolina um, at Auburn. And, you know, Auburn and South Carolina have a lot of history, whether it be the Anthony McElmore his, uh, issue with his injury. Um, you know, Frank Martin's a great coach, and he and Bruce have a good relationship. But South Carolina comes in at 10-7, 2-2 in conference play. The game is at 6 p.m. Central Time this Wednesday, the 22nd, on ESPNU is where you can watch it. Uh, they're coming off a win against Texas A&M, 81-67. And when I look at the South Carolina team, you and I talked about them preseason, right before SEC play started. 
And there wasn't a lot for us to be really worried about from South Carolina other than going on the road and beating a Virginia team that was ranked at number nine at the time. Well, lo and behold, they go on and take down Kentucky, number 10 Kentucky at the time, at home. So I ask you now, Drew, does this South Carolina team concern you more after what you've seen them do? South Carolina always concerns me for the sheer fact that Frank Martin's a coach and that guy loves to ruin seasons. But I love Frank Martin. Like you said, you love Frank Great Martin coach. too. I think I think everyone loves Frank Martin. I don't know that I've never heard other than Kansas State, uh, not even alumni, Kansas State like leaders talk bad about Frank Martin. And that's just because they couldn't handle winning, I guess. But uh, Frank Martin loves to knock off ranked teams. Like that's his game. And this game always makes me nervous for the – the reason I'm less nervous, it's in Auburn Arena. I think yeah. being back home after what's happened, I would be shocked if this team doesn't come in with a dialed-in focus. And my my thing that I would be wanting as a coach from this game would be to make a statement out of it. Show them 15-0 wasn't a fluke. I don't believe it was. I don't think it is. I don't think the team thinks it is either. But I think you need to show the nation 15-0 wasn't a fluke. This Auburn team has something to offer. And really make a statement in this game and go for the throat. Like you Just put your foot on their throat and just end it right off the bat. Don't come out flat. Don't come out nothing. Uh, I think I'm worried, but that's just because Frank Martin's on the right. on the sideline. Well, and the thing that worries me, too, is because of the respect I have for Frank Martin and because I know how well he coaches teams and can coach them beyond what their potential seems to be is the fact that he's telling the Gamecocks right now they are wanting to make a statement out of you in their home arena. Don't let that happen. And so while I, I hope for a statement game from Auburn, my gut tells me we'll win, but I don't think it's going to be easy. I think we're going to down to the wire, maybe in a final possession. Maybe we're even going to overtime. This South Carolina team, to me, has shown me enough with going on the road and t- beating Virginia, taking down Kentucky, take, taking down Clemson. You know They've got two weird losses to Boston and Stetson. Uh, not good looks there, but I just don't feel comfortable saying that Auburn, while they're capable of running away with this one, is going to because I have such respect for Frank Markin. Regardless of that, I think we're in for uh, an awesome game. It will not be frustrating in the sense uh, that what we've seen on these last two games on the road, I think you're going to see two well-coached teams duking it out in prime time on Wednesday night. So it should be a very good basketball game to watch, and I'm very excited to watch it myself. Uh, Two players to watch for you before we move on. A.J. Lawson, their sophomore guard, is scoring 13.8 points per game. And Mayak Kotsar, I always struggle with the foreign names, senior forward is getting 6.4 rebounds per game. What does Auburn have to do, Drew, to win this game? Just one thing. They have to get baskets like good clean looks and it's just as simple as that right south carolina is a good team like they're not going to turn the ball over a lot but they're not they're not going to make enough points to run you out of the gym either Uh, they're going to try and defend you tough so it's going to take a lot of focus and a lot of mental fortitude to really get the shot you're looking for and play through some tough defense and you know what i think that's that's wonderful like Auburn needs to continue to face tough defenses. And I think if they come out and make some shots and really play some clean offense, there's no reason they don't win this game. Yeah. I think there's a hopefulness that will come with uh, playing in Auburn arena. And hopefully after a win, hopefully 
uh, this it's the feeling that the ship is righted and we can start a new streak of its own that'll hopefully be even better uh, leading into the postseason. But we'll see what happens. Uh, before we get out of here, let me give you a women's update. Sadly, not a lot of good things to talk about there. Have yet to win an SEC game. They uh, fell to Georgia on the road, 50-61, to 61, and they'll take on uh, Miss, uh, Ole Miss uh, in Auburn Arena this next Thursday, uh, the 23rd at 6 p.m. Central Time. You can watch it on SEC+. Plus. Before we get out of here, Drew, let's give our contact information. They can find me on Twitter at TigerEye24. Where can they find you? You can find me also on Twitter at Drew underscore Hoop, H-O-P, zero two. And that's all we have for this edition of Inside the Jungle. Thank you for listening. And until we talk to you again, War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?